Hey guys, just before we get started, I wanted to kind of put a swear warning because I realize I do in fact swear a lot and I just kind of want to make sure if any kitties are listening that uh, you should probably stop now if unless you're a mature child. And also I'd like to say, uh, sorry mom, <laughs> let's get started with the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Long Mission Rain podcast. I'm Aiden, I'm your host for this podcast. Lindsay, sup? <laughs> What's up, bitches? I'm back, and I am not better. (laughs) You are not live in person today, are you, Lindsay? (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm in my house. I should stay in my mom's house. I don't live here full time. And a lot of shit has went down since we last filmed the pod. Yeah, I am moved into my dorm now. Um, I have to speak a little quieter for you guys so now it's more like asmr so uh, people don't think i'm weird for talking to myself even though i'm talking to you guys <laughs> my family already thinks i'm crazy so there's no one. yeah but i don't i don't need the whole, i don't need the whole girls floor to think i'm crazy <laughs> just stick your head out the door like hey i have a podcast it's okay yeah totally fine you can shamelessly self-plug your podcast now i already did that literally like 20 minutes ago at lunch (laughs) i self-plugged my own podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah i did that it's not the best thing that i could have ever done (laughs) now i'm uh Who the fuck cares, right? You need the listens. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so we're talking about Jaquetta Part 2. It's the Part 2 of Jaquetta's life. Jaquetta Part 2. <laughs> she made me wait weeks to find out what happened. Yeah, a whole, extra, so a whole like extra week. Like a whole extra week because we couldn't record last week when this was supposed to come out because of me moving here. <laughs> This is true. Um, also, my grandfather died, and I have dates. So, <laughs> uh, hashtag rip for Lindsay's grandfather, but woo for date. <laughs> hashtag rip to the GF. Yep. Grandfather, mm-hmm. but hashtag we're gonna leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so no more waiting. Y'all know who Jaquetta is. We explained this last episode. Let's get into it before Lindsay explodes. All right. <laughs> all right. Now, before we get back into the story, let's just do a quick recap in case y'all forgot what happened because it was quite a lot that happened in Jaquetta's life. Can I try and do it? <laughs> sure. You can do the recap. Okay, so we learned about Jaquetta and her family history, and we said that she was a Pisces. I might be correct, because Mel seen is a mermaid, and that is one of her ancestors. Is she not? Mm-hmm. There's also a dude named Raymond, and his wife, Ding Dong, ditched him because he decided to uh, look at her in the bathtub, which I will make a new rule. <laughs> There's also a lot of, uh, a lot of kids. A lot of, uh, a lot of royalty. <laughs> is is that is that your full report on Jaquetta's life? The only thing I really remember is the embroidery joke I made and the fact that Mel Usain is a mermaid. <laughs> oh, okay, so let me go through uh, my fully prepared recap. 
<laughs> of Jaquetta's life. So Jaquetta was born probably in Luxembourg to very, very powerful French landowners. She was born right in the middle of the Hundred Years' War. But even though she was French, her family was not wee oui, wee oui, on the French side. They were on the yes, yes, English side. <laughs> so much so that her... You were, yeah, you were so close. Her uncle even <laughs> captured uh, Joan of Arc and sold her to the English. So that just shows how firmly English they were. Um, eventually, at the age of about 16 or 17, she's married off to the King of England's powerful uncle, the Duke of Bedford. They have a pretty good marriage. He's very, very nice to her, all around pretty good dude. And although they never have children, um, he leaves her uh, very wealthy when he dies, a very, very wealthy 19-year-old, but she ends up falling in love with her dead husband's squire, who is a very, very handsome but common Richard Woodville. These two get married in secret with enormous consequences, which are that she loses all her money that her very, very rich husband left her. <laughs> and then... And then she gets in trouble for uh, marrying Richard because you can't marry the king's immediate family without his permission. So uh, Jaquetta's new boo got thrown in jail, but luckily he was forgiven. Um, around the same time, their first baby, Elizabeth, was born. And Jaquetta ends up striking up a friendship with the new queen, and which raises her social standing. Her and her new hubby get titles and income. And uh, not to mention they are... Popping out babies. Fucking <laughs> t-shirt cannon. Yeah, literally. Now, even though this fav favoritism I was, I joke, but... <laughs> did you make that joke? I can't remember. I make so many jokes on this fucking podcast. <laughs> now, even though this favoritism was great for them, it didn't make Jaquetta's bestie Margaret popular, since the public already hated her because Margaret was wee oui, wee oui, French. Um. <laughs> Margaret also messed around with politics on behalf of her husband because he was a little uh, and then it got worse when the king went head empty no thoughts y'all remember that while Margaret was seven months pregnant um <laughs> So Jaquetta was probably sharing in her bestie's stress, but uh, like we mentioned, Margaret gave birth to a baby boy, which is you know great for England, but boo patriarchy. So <laughs> Jaquetta probably down thought down with the patriarchy. So Jaquetta probably thought, yay, it's going to be better with this new prince, but it didn't get better because the king was still out of it and wouldn't recognize his his son and some people were starting to think well you know if the king can't do his job maybe someone else could like say a certain cousin of the king's named richard of york and that's what you missed on glee <laughs> R.I.P. to just everybody during this time in history. All right, so let's get back into our story. So we're going to start this part off with some good news for uh, Jaquetta and her bestie, Margaret. So it is Christmas 1454. You know, everyone's having a great time playing Christmas games, eating food, and then a fucking miracle happens. What do you think that miracle is, Lindsay? Uh, did her husband finally have thoughts in his head? Yes, ma'am. On Christmas Day, 1454, the king, he wakes up. 
He's alert. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Literally, they were. That's exactly what they were saying because they were all hardcore Catholics. They were like, "Fucking thank you, Jesus, on your birthday too. How nice." <laughs> what a gift. As if we don't get enough already. Now, immediately after Henry woke up, he was like reinstated to his throne, which meant that the council that had been assigned to rule on his behalf for about two years now, which was was dissolved, and uh, Margaret was more than fucking happy to boot Richard of York out of the palace since he had no more power since the king was awake. The king was awake. <laughs> Everybody's doing like a weird choreographed dance. Yeah, just he's like awake. he's awake. <laughs> so now, for Jaquetta and her family's loyalty during the time that uh, Henry was had empty no thoughts, they were rewarded with more money, and Richard ended up getting a position in the king's government, which was like huge for him. Um, and after a few months, the king and queen called a council meeting, and they purposely did not invite Richard of York, which offended Richard on a whole nother level. So Richard was like, fine, I'll do it myself. And he gathered his followers. And when Henry told them to lay down their we weapons and be like, hey, can we like talk this out? Richard of York was like, <laughs> no. So each other like to birthday parties like you're not coming to my party <laughs> so they get their little group of friends and they're like well no we're not going to your party bitch that that is exactly what it's like good analogy I've been hitting the pinata by yourself motherfucker. <laughs> so the king took his own army and went up north to fight richard of york at the first battle of st albans now jacetta did stay behind with margaret at westminster palace uh but i don't think either of these two women were really prepared to hear the news that they ended up getting from the battlefield because it was not good it was not good <laughs> oh no yeah so uh richard of york won he absolutely crushed henry's army and pretty much left them like hobbling back home with their tail between their legs so the minute jacetta and margaret heard this they immediately were like all right everyone pack your fucking bags we're going to the tower of london for safety <laughs> so did nobody kill each other or was that just the people left alive yeah the people left like, I'm gonna go. yeah they immediately like the whole army was like all right let's go back to london and jacetta and margaret were like we out <laughs> up with better fucking solutions than just wars now jacquetta pretty much stayed by margaret's side for quite a while in the tower of london the only time that she ended up leaving the tower of london was uh to support her daughter elizabeth when she was about to give birth to her first baby that's pretty much the only time she ever ended up leaving um jacquetta spent pretty much 90% of her time supporting the royal family, but the war was about to get real for her when her husband was asked to uh, reinforce the port of Sandwich. <laughs> well, that's a funny name. <laughs> yes, it is. Now, the king asked Jaquetta's husband to reinforce the port town of Sandwich from the Yorkists, so Jaquetta came with her husband to support him as she always did she was a military wife so what she did and they also brought their uh, 17 year old son antony because he needed to be schooled in some warfare and what a better way to school him in warfare than to take him to a war zone right <laughs> i have no opinion on that <laughs> 
So oh they arrived at Sandwich and uh, Richard and Anthony get to work working on some, you know, military things. And, you know, it's going pretty well until one night they go to sleep at the castle that they're staying at near Sandwich. And while they're asleep, 800 people from the Yorkist army roll up to their castle and take Jaquetta, her son and her husband, all hostage and stick them on a boat to the English owned French port of Calais. So, problem. Calais? Yeah, Calais. Ooh, I almost pronounced that correctly. <laughs> now, actually, funnily enough, when they got there, they had to bring, like, the three of them into the castle at Calais under, like, the cover of darkness because the people of Calais loved Richard. They loved Jaquetta's husband because... Like, he had been, like, defending the town of Calais, like, a lot during the Hundred Years' War. You remember, like, when he had to fortify Calais, and that's how he ended up in France. So, they loved him. And if they had seen Richard in chains, like, literally the whole town of Calais would have, like, rebelled (laughs) against Richard of York. They would have started a motherfucking riot if they had seen that. But I'd start a riot if I knew somebody I loved is in chains? Are you kidding? Misha Collins in chains? I'm going to your doorstep, buddy, and I'm coming for your kneecaps. <laughs> exactly. So now I bet Jaquetta was thinking, okay, you know, this isn't ideal, but at least I'm here with my husband and son. I know where they are, and if they die, I'm going to be here for them. Well, uh, she was wrong about that because uh, Richard of York was not happy that uh, Antony and Jaquetta had been captured because he actually respected them a lot. Uh, especially Richard Woodville, because he was he was a good military man. Richard of York very much respected him. So after a few weeks, yeah. they ended up sec- sending Jaquetta home without Antony and Richard. So for like six months, she sat in England waiting to hear news about her husband and son. Like, there was no texting. There was no letters. Like, they could have died. Six months, man. Six months. I have a solution to that. Paper, throw a slip of paper, roll it up, get a bird. Then you just... <laughs> she couldn't send anything to I'm them. They wouldn't, they wouldn't let her send letters to them. So she was just like sitting around for six months like, are they dead? Or my, is my child and my husband dead? Like, like I can't imagine this, how stressed out she must have been. I would have gone crazy. <laughs> I would have tried everything I could. Like, even if they wouldn't allow me, I'd be like, I am getting a parrot and I am selling this parrot. Seriously, every word I say to these motherfuckers is secret. <laughs> now, after, luckily, after six months of capture, the Duke of York did end up releasing Richard Woodville and Anthony Woodville. So, all was well, at least for a little while. Dun dun dun! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's a good way to start off this section. Okay, so after their capture uh, by the Yorkists, there was a point where, like, the entire Woodville clan just, like, they wanted to stay out of politics for a bit. There's pretty much no record of them participating in anything Wars of the Roses in the year 1460. But when the Duke of York officially tried to claim the throne, he was like, he made an actual announcement about it. Like, it wasn't, like, vague or anything. He was like, I want this crown. That's when it got real. Because Jaquetta knew after 15 years of friendship with Margaret that Margaret was not about to let her son lose his claim to the throne. Now, bestie Margaret had been up in Scotland 
for the last few months and had gotten support from the Scottish king to fuck up Richard of York. So Margaret came down from northern Scotland to England with a huge army. Oh, no. <laughs> so the the minute Margaret got back in the country, Jaquetta was like, all right, back to doing my job. And um, it was really looking good for the Lancastrians after the Battle of Wakefield. Now, no, sorry, it, <laughs> I messed that line up. It wasn't looking good for them. I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Why would it ever look good for them, Aiden? Oh, no, wait, I'm wrong again. No, the, La- the Lancastrians won the Battle of Wakefield. <laughs> I'm sorry. It is the middle of the day. I have been... Shut up. I have been doing a lot of stuff today. Okay, so the Battle of Wakefield was really good for the Lancastrian side because they were able to kill the Duke of York and his oldest son. Boom. Yeah, but... This is this is kind of the worst part of the Battle of Wakefield. So to add insult to injury, the Lancastrians stuck both the Duke of York and his oldest son Edmund's heads on the city gates, and they put uh, like a crown of flowers on Richard of York's head, and there was like dirt in it, and it was basically to be like, "Ha ha! Look at you! You're the king of like the flowers." Ah. <laughs> oh my god! I really wish I had a YouTube podcast because I think they get a hit out of the faces I make every time you tell me this shit. (laughs) Was not expecting that. Um. Now, when the Duke of York and his oldest son was killed, everyone was like, so is the war over now? I mean, the Duke of York is dead. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. But uh, the Yorks didn't stop their campaign because the Duke of York had a son. Another one. He had like four four sons. And this one was angry. His name was Edward. He was the Earl of March. And he may or may not be important in just a minute. <laughs> All right. My ears are open mm-hmm. ready. Okay, so after the Battle of Wakefield came the Second Battle of St. Albans, of which uh, Jaquetta was actually present for this one. She was there with the Queen, um, her son Antony, and her husband. Uh, the Lancastrians totally crushed this one. They also ended up uh, getting King Henry back, back in the Battle of Wakefield, even though they had managed to uh, kill Richard, Duke of York. They also captured Henry, which was awesome. But y- you want to know the story about how they got King Henry back? back at this battle <laughs> i would love to hear the absolute pettiness that i some dumbass on the york side left henry under a tree with no one watching him so <laughs> the Lancastrians got him back because <laughs> they left him under a tree <laughs> hold on a second it's that simple. They just, hey, you're going to hang out with this tree for a while. And then they're like, oh, let's just go get him. He's right there. <laughs> so them getting Henry back was great. But then the Scottish army wanted to, like, loot the city of London. Because St. Albans is, like, just like a short walk from London. And the mayor of London was like, mm, no, let's not do that. So the mayor chose three women. Uh, he chose Jaquetta, 
this woman named Anne Neville and this woman named the Lady Scales to represent the city and like beg Margaret and the Scottish army to not let them loot London. And the three women like tried to negotiate with Margaret, but at this point, Margaret, she was fucking angry. She was very angry and she didn't want to negotiate and she saw Jaquetta's negotiations for London as her like stabbing her in the bag like this is the worst betrayal you could have absolutely done to me like what are you doing so eventually Jaquetta left London with no deals no no deal on the looting and the Londoners they really began to resent Margaret like more than they had like ever had and a few months later, when Edward, Earl of March, won a victory at the Battle of Towton and Margaret and her family were forced to flee to Scotland, London welcomed Edward with open arms because they remembered what their queen had tried to do to their city. Like, I, th- I feel like if Margaret hadn't wanted the Scottish to loot London, maybe the Londoners would have been a little more loyal to Margaret. But they opened up the gates for Edward. They were just like, hi, welcome. You're Edward the Fourth now. But ja- <laughs> <laughs> we're going to tell you who you are. Welcome to the gates. But Jaquetta was pretty much the real loser in all of this because she lost her best friend. They never spoke again after this and they never saw each other ever again. Which sucks. <laughs> Honestly, I think I'd rather die than go through that. Are you kidding? The yeah. amount that these people go through is just fucking horrendous, and I just know oh, I would not survive in these times. Now, after Edward won, the whole Woodville clan, they were just like, they were they were so tired. <laughs> they just wanted to like chill and focus on family. And luckily, Edward the Fourth, good dude, as we talked about in the Elizabeth Woodville episode, um, Edward pardoned the Woodvilles because he was he was more interested in making friends than dividing the nobility and making everyone like mad at him. So Jaquetta had more time to focus on her family since she wasn't rotting in a prison cell. <gasps> this is true. This is true. Hold on. I'm putting in my fucking earphones because there's too much background. Okay, cool. Let me just uh, tell you what's going on with her mess of a family. (laughs) Now, the biggest problem at the time was that their oldest daughter, you're ready. Okay. Now, the biggest problem at the time was that their oldest daughter, Elizabeth, had lost her husband because he was fighting for the Lancastrians. This was John that died in the cold, if you remember him. Um, yeah, and uh, didn't I make a joke about Yeah. <laughs> yes, you did make a joke <laughs> about that. So uh, little Elizabeth's son's inheritance had been taken away because her in-laws had refused to help her. So Elizabeth, a full-grown fucking woman with two kids, had to move back in to Grafton. Which, you know, Jaquetta didn't mind, but she, Jaquetta had other kids that were still pretty young, so it was, like, really crowded in Grafton, because, like, there were over 20 people in this house that, like, I, I think Grafton had, like, 10 rooms, so. Jesus Christ. But luckily, something amazing ended up happening to them that would change England and Jaquetta's life forever. One day... Jaquetta's daughter Elizabeth went to go see the king about her son's inheritance because she knew he was hunting near their manor. So she got all cute, grabbed her sons, and met the king under an oak tree. And from there, it was love at first sight. 
She, oh my God, she girl bossed a little too hard herself. Elizabeth Woodville girl bossed so hard that she begged herself a king. And Elizabeth and the king were married in secret. Now, according to legend, Jaquetta was present at her daughter's secret wedding as a witness. And also, God, this family can't just can't stop having secret weddings. <laughs> This family is so full of secrets. Like, I, I mean, what a huge secret to keep. Like, I can't imagine her keeping this from Richard. Like, her husband, she probably tells him, like, everything. She had to keep the secret for five fucking months. Like, it must have been brutal. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I can't even keep a secret for, like, a week without telling my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> now, luckily, after five months in September of 1464, Edward officially announced that he had married an Elizabeth he had married Elizabeth Woodville, and oh, it was bad. None of his nobles and none of his family were happy about it, but the Woodvilles, they were fucking pumped. Suddenly, this family went from trade, traitorous Lancastrian nobodies to being the in-laws of the motherfucking king. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. I can't even imagine the time that I would have. Now, since Jaquetta had been in this situation before, being a relative of the king, she knew just how to handle the new status that they had achieved. Now, after her uh, hubby got promoted from Baron Rivers to Earl Rivers, which I believe is like the second or third highest rank in nobility, Jaquetta decided to use her new power to marry off all her children to some more powerful families. And actually, I think some of these marriages are pretty interesting like she married her youngest son Catherine to the Duke of Bunk Buckingham when she was like under 10 when her and the Duke of Buckingham married luckily he was also a child so like it's it's less weird like they could have married little Catherine to like a 50 year old <laughs> what the fuck Can now you imagine being a child and then you have to get married yeah but like funnily enough the the, the little Duke of Buckingham when he married Catherine, like, when he grew up, he, like, he resented her, like, so much. Like, he was like, I can't believe I had to marry this nobody, like, without my consent when I was, like, 10. This is, like, ridiculous. And he hated little Catherine. Like, it was, like, so bad. <laughs> so that was a whole mess. But my favorite of these strategic marriages was when Jaquetta hooked up her son John with the three times widowed Catherine Neville when he was 19 and she was 65. <laughs> You remember this one? <laughs> yes. And a reminder that they did this because Catherine Neville had been widowed three times, which means she was rich, 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 rich. And when she died, John would get all that money. <laughs> so it was a very uh, purposeful marriage. Now, all these strategic marriages by Jaquetta pissed off so many people because, like, these, like, Woodvilles were, like, taking up all the good marriages. And no one was more pissed off than this guy named the Earl of Warwick, who was actually uh, Catherine Neville's nephew, so uh, John's new wife's nephew. She would technically be his uncle now with this marriage. <laughs> Oh, sorry, that was a sneeze. I don't know what that was. <laughs> and also, the Earl of Warwick, if you remember, was the person who got Edward the throne. Like, he really supported Edward through this whole thing. And 
his hatred of these like upstart Woodvilles was growing so fast because if you remember, he had tried to arrange a marriage between Edward and like a French princess and like that was going to get them a whole bunch of money and protection. But Edward was like, no. (laughs) Straight out, just no. Fuck you, no. Yeah, so Edward just like letting Jaquetta and her family like run around court doing all this shit was pissing the Earl of Warwick off. And the Woodvilles were going, growing like very fast, which will be an important aspect of Jaquetta's second time in the royal limelight. Okay, so 1469, not a good year. So the Earl of Warwick in 1469, he went a little crazy. He was fed up with these Woodvilles and Edwards, so he did something drastic. He married his daughter, Isabella Neville, to the king's brother, George, and planned to put George on the throne instead of Edward, which obviously Edward was not too pleased about. So (laughs) he prepared to fight the Earl of Warwick, but it didn't go so well. Edward actually ended up losing, and he was smart enough to know the Woodvilles would be in danger the minute he was captured. So before he was captured, he sent Jaquetta's husband and son John to Grafton, where Jaquetta was was to basically tell her, you need to get to London now. You need to be with Elizabeth. You need to go. And from there, John and Richard went to Wales to draw support for Edward. But they didn't end up making it very far. They ended up getting captured by Warwick's men. And with no evidence and no trial, Warwick had them both executed. But... Of course he did. Jaquetta wouldn't find this out till later because she was also in a bit of a jam. While Jaquetta was trying to leave Grafton, she was also captured by Warwick's men, and Warwick had a plan for Jaquetta because he accused her of witchcraft. Now, what in the Sam hell? <laughs> Let me rephrase. What in the Salem hell? <laughs> now, even though Warwick had no real evidence... The trial still went ahead. This was a very serious accusation. After all, Jaquetta knew what happened to accused witches. They ended up just like Joan of Arc, just how she saw when she was a kid. Now, she ended up standing trial, and Warwick had conjured up, like, enough fake evidence of, like, Jaquetta being a witch, and it was, like, pretty likely she could have been executed. But for some, like, weird reason, Warwick was just like, well, you can go home now. (laughs) You can done with you. <laughs> no, no one can is really somebody telling you that, like you can leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one is really sure why he did this. Maybe he thought that like executing like Jaquetta, who was like such a well connected person, like would be such a bad idea. Or like maybe he just like had a change of like strategy and like he decided like, oh like killing her, like there's there's no reason to do that. I've already killed her husband and one of her sons, so um and, like, right after this is when she got the news about her husband's unlawful execution. Oh, God, it must have been devastating. They had been married for two decades. They had a home. They had 14 children and, like, a growing brood of grandchildren. And, like, now he was just he was just gone. Like, he never existed at all. Like, I would be so pissed. I would be so pissed and upset to find that out. Like, you killed the love of my life for what? Now... Eventually, Warwick realized he wasn't going to win this battle. Even though he had the king, he ended up letting Edward go because, like, he had he had no plan. Like, the plan was get Edward 
that that was the plan. There was no plan after yet, Edward. <laughs> Solid. Solid plan you got there. So when Edward came back, he made sure to help uh, clear Jaquetta and her family's name of witchcraft, and eventually the entire family did get to grieve the loss of Richard and John together, but unfortunately, peace did not last. Less than a few months after making peace with Edward, Warwick decided to start shit again. <laughs> because this time he had a plan. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he just decided to start shitting again. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> now, um... Warwick's methods were kind of petty and sad, despite like literally wrestling the throne out of King Henry VI's hands. This idiot decided to join up with Jaquetta's ex-bestie, Margaret of Anjou, to take back the throne for Henry VI and his son. Now, surprisingly, Warwick and Margaret did end up succeeding, and for a few months, Henry, who was pretty much out of it at this point, got to sit back on his throne, not that he probably knew where he was, though. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Now, meanwhile, Jaquetta went with her daughter Elizabeth and her three granddaughters to the safety of Westminster Abbey, where they waited for, you know, Edward to hopefully come and save them. Luckily for them, he did. Uh, not to mention, while stuck in Westminster Abbey, Jaquetta got to assist in the birth of her first royal grandson, a boy that they, of course, named Edward, because, of, of course, they did. Um, <laughs> a lot of repeat names. Yep. Eventually, Edward did show back up. He took the throne back from Henry and Jaquetta's, uh, sorry, from Henry and Jaquetta's old friend, Margaret of Anjou. Uh, Margaret was kept as a prisoner until she was eventually released to her family in France. Um, unfortunately, Margaret, during the last battle, she lost her husband. He was killed after the battle, and her son died in battle. And Jaquetta never got to see Margaret while she was imprisoned. Sad. <laughs> This whole time period is just very sad, except for, like, a few stories. I also have to mention that Margaret died in poverty in France after she was uh, released. Like, she died very, very poor. Yeah, I kind of figured she would. And, unfortunately, one year later, on May 30th, 1472, at the age of 56, our dear Jaquetta died in her bed. No, just... No, no, I refuse. I refuse to believe that. She's a badass. She can't die. She's immortal. <laughs> she's in the ocean with Mel Yusin right now. Oh, yeah. She's she's just swimming around there, you know, H2Oing her life and such. All right, let's get into legacy. Now, I just got to say, for someone so important in how the Wars of the Roses turned out, I got to say she is heavily underrated. Like, I don't think anyone really thinks about how much impact she had on the sport. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, Not even just that. Like, all the shit that this poor woman went through, like, even with her bestie, like, I would be, like, in a corner crying my eyes out. I mean, she literally influence everything that she went she accidentally ended up giving birth to a future queen when she ended up making an unequal marriage which is pretty awesome in my opinion uh thank you guys so much for sticking with me through this two-parter and thank you guys so much for waiting an extra week for this to come out i'm very sorry hopefully we'll be back on the schedule uh next week but the good news about this coming out uh today is that it's a lot closer to the next episode so you guys don't have to wait two weeks you only have to wait a week this time <laughs> wait hold on this is coming out today no it's coming out tomorrow <laughs> Oh my god, okay, so I'm gonna listen to part one and then part two, because part one is my absolute favorite. <laughs> Alright, say bye, Lindsay.
goodbye. This is fun. And also, I'm mad at all of you because nobody set me up on a date with Will Pulitzer, but it's okay because I'm going to date myself. Thank you, guys. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. If you have any suggestions for topics, you can just DM me on Twitter at LongMayShereign2. The N at the end of rain is replaced with a 2 instead. I'm also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and like a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on all those platforms. It really actually does help the show so much, and it will help me grow my audience. So I would absolutely appreciate it if you guys could do that. All right. uh, Bye.